So good. And hello and welcome to Listening Together. I'm your host, Philip, and that was No Escape from our title this week, Hades. And much like the unappreciated uh, puppy dog, what's the puppy dog's name? Cerberus. Cerberus? Cerberus. That you yep. just visit and pet. This series has a very appreciated, well, I went the other way with it, a very appreciated soundtrack. But before we get to that, I want to welcome our brand new co-op partner again return nick yo what's up everybody guys thank you so much for having me on i'm super excited this is my first listening together episode and uh i kind of picked this this game on the fly or this ost specifically on the fly but i love it so i i think it's like just what, what a better way to get started oh yeah it's a good one i'm here i don't think i've said a word yet <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> what's up nave nave my my normal call partners here as well howdy 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 now to get right into it as he already like jumped into it but you mentioned why you love this ost or you want to talk about it specifically yeah yeah definitely um i mean i i tossed around a few ideas in our head and we had actually planned a separate listening together episode and obviously you know we're, we're working through that and that's still you know in the in the pipeline for sure but as a side pivot i had a couple of things a couple of ocs that were rattling around in my head to kind of choose from uh i kind of wanted to talk about the resident evil 2 ost but it's a little bit nebulous it's a little bit inaccessible um and something like obviously and that's the you know the capcom sound team over there they're doing the lord's work do an incredible job with all of the new capcom games that have come out recently but we're not talking about resident evil i wanted to talk about this game this is one of the games that i played um right after i had surgery on my left ankle and i was laid up in bed for like two or three weeks before i got like a walking boot and all that stuff and so i played two games i played fire emblem three houses and hades and this was one of those games where it absolutely paid off to just jump into knowing 100% zero zero percent about like the developer where it came from the fact that it was a roguelite and just jump in there and go and I mean I just I love the soundtrack so much and I think that this both the soundtrack the OST and the score and the sound design for this game are probably what makes it as good as it is I think without that aspect people probably wouldn't care as much about this game, but because it is so good on top of fantastic, like voice acting and, and, you know, voice direction from that team over there. Um, it's funny enough, Darren Korb who was the one who actually did the voice direction for most of the voice actors as well. So he was involved at in all the sound parts. It was just one cohesive unit under him. Um, and so I think this is a great one. I'm, I'm really excited to get started with you guys. I think it's really interesting. This, this soundtrack in particular, because I, I never actually beat Hades. I didn't. I, I I got to the final boss a bunch of times, and I picked. I put it down, and I was like, "I'll pick this up later." But I'm yeah. a very frustrated gamer, and I have a lot Same. of coping mechanisms. And <laughs> one of my coping mechanisms is to listen to my own music, 
And so for the first couple of runs I played through this game, the first couple of times I got to Hades at the end, I was listening to the game. But once I started to feel that anger, that pang in the back of my head, that forehead vein starting to pop, I definitely <laughs> had to start switching on and listening to, you know, uh, Breaking Benjamin or something that I knew so that yeah. I could just go into the flow state. Sure. So I never really actively listened to the soundtrack as much as I have in the past two days. And I, I it's a really interesting one. It this is. is also, we we were talking about so far in listening together, we haven't had any soundtracks that are similar to another yet. And I think this is going to be the first time where we have something to kind of compare to with the StarCraft II OST. Yeah. Philip, do you really? what do you think about that? No, there's definitely a connection. It has the, uh, the twang, I guess. Uh, not all of the StarCraft OST actually featured the, I don't know. Just the, the first know, couple. Yeah, just the first couple tracks, the Earthling trap tracks. But this one does have a central theme to it. And what I really like about it is I wanted to do a, Dan a Darren Core one eventually. Whenever we first started listening together, the titles that jumped to mind, of course, are like Zelda and Pokemon, all the Nintendos. But the other one that jumped to me was Bastion. Because mm -hmm. I have had Bastion just saved in my playlist or whatever on iTunes for the last like 10 years since the game I first played or whatever. It's like, I'll get into it later, but so many of the songs, you almost feel like there's a spiritual succession from Bastion to this game. Yep. Which are you familiar with Bastion, Nick? I am familiar with it, but only because of Darren Korb. Uh, I didn't actually play the game. So is it another road nice. light? No, it's, it's completely like an RPG. Different type of, it's RPG. Okay. But yeah, it's very similar. All oh, okay. their games are very unique to from each other. I think I think the I think from Bastion to Transistor is probably like the closest of DNA, but then yeah. everything else is very it's a very eclectic studio and all of their games are very uh very interesting. Hades 2 coming out was actually very surprising whenever it was announced because they don't make sequels, direct sequels I mean. So this is the first time that they found something they wanted to latch on to. Yeah. Which uh, we already mentioned him quite a few times, but the composer is Darren Korb, who did work such as Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre, which I don't even know that one. Yeah, it's the either. basketball one. There's a basketball supergiant game? Dude, I'm telling you, man. What? I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's basketball. It, it might be a different sport. Let me look it up real quick, but keep talking. All right, well, the next thing I was going to ask you specifically, Nave, is this article you linked in here. Uh, Yeah, so the article from The Gamer, they, they got an interview with Darren Korb, and he talked about how uh, for two of the songs that he recorded for this OST, he actually did it in the Abbey Road studio. So I was like kind of just Googling around trying to see if I could find anything interesting. And that's a pretty interesting little tidbit because, I mean, like, come on, man. The Beatles are one of the most influential bands that have ever walked this earth. And Abbey Road is right up there. And uh, so having these songs recorded in the studio, it's a very interesting thing. I think he had a, a, a larger budget for this title than usual. And while simultaneously he made these two songs, he also re-recorded a bunch of other songs from his other games, apparently. And so uh, he went for the opera. He wanted the, uh, the good juju. You know what I mean? He had the money, and so he took the shot. And I would record an Abbey Road if I could. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. And with that, I think we can roll right into the most notorious song, which Nave identified as In the Blood with 5.2 million Spotify, Spotify plays. Now, the problem with this one, though, Nave, this is the song I wanted to show off. Yeah, Damn I it. see that. 
we were we've been arguing since i fucked up your showing off thing on accident too i accidentally <laughs> moved some of your words around that wasn't all yeah, on purpose was. but uh yeah we were we've well, been arguing. the problem is with the showing off thing is the notorious song that i wanted to pick was god of the dead and spoilers ahead that was the one that Nick picked. So either one, <laughs> one of us was going to get pulled. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just take the bite on this one. But the reason I wanted to show this song off, so in particular, like I didn't even know it was one of the most the most played ones, is that this is the set sail coming home of the Hades, the Hades game. Like back in Bastion, they had uh, two characters that you are following throughout the game, like two NPCs, and each of them has their own song. And at the end, they end up having a duet where their songs kind of like meld together. And this into in the blood is the like the melding that I don't know I was waiting for. And when I found out, I'm like, this is the one. If I ever have to show off one song from this whole tra- track list, this is it. Rules are made to be broken, after all. Yep, I'm still so angry about it. This is in the blood. Shout out to Ashley Barrett for providing the female vocals on this track and Darren Korb for singing most of the male vocals throughout the soundtrack. I think this is a good uh, song to be in the Notorious uh, category because it displays how patient this OST is. Um, Almost all of the songs have this very slow and meticulous buildup throughout the first half of of the track that leads to a big explosive finale or climactic uh, accumulation of everything that the song has been doing up to that point. Yep. Now I will say, this is a really beautiful song and I love it. I will they that it does bother me that they repeat like the main verse for the majority of this, but I mean, that's, that's a neat problem. It's still really good. I'm going to be honest, I didn't listen to this song because I knew it was the most played song. So I was like, well, I can't pick that. So I just never, I didn't even look at it. But I really liked the violin. And it has a whole other movement after that where it really continues to pick up and escalate even more. Yeah. This is going to be the biggest problem with this OST because almost all the songs that are on this list are going to have very slow openings, like I was saying earlier. And it's like some of these songs got disqualified in my head because it's like it do, it's like an eight minute song and it's yeah. only the last one minute where i'm just like yes yes you know what i mean and i don't i don't mm-hmm. like I, I i love the build-up but it's like when you're trying to show off the song i kind of just want to be like hold on let me just skip to five minutes in and so you can get to the the part that i right i really want to show you yeah did you guys know that darren corb also was the voice actor for zagreus and skelly no i did not know that yeah really fucking cool yeah, so it's a good. Die. I feel like the dude basically put out this entire game for the most part himself. Like it was almost like a one man show, or like he he could he would just be titled as like the showrunner 
for for this game but yeah nave i agree with you there there are like i don't know like the issue of reviewing this soundtrack i don't i think i look at it as kind of like a good problem though because of so much of this ost you know it is big it is expansive and all of the songs usually do take a while to hit i mean for the ones that aren't three or two minute songs they're nine minute eight minute tracks and there are multiple suites within each track that do follow a little bit of the same methodology back and forth through each other but i still think that each individual song are used in specific moments in the game that characterize that environment or those characters so incredibly well that like it's still distinguishable from one track to the next for me yeah absolutely and i i'm i'm I'm, i am saying it as a kind of negative for the show's structure because we're trying to not play the entirety of an eight minute long song (laughs) and i'm also trying to put as less the the least amount of stress on philip right now because this whole show we still don't really have a structure for editing it yet so it's we're just going on uh uh by the seat of our pants with that as well but um i definitely do enjoy songs like this because it uh, or or soundtracks like this rather i i enjoyed the active listening that it, that the and and how much the composer respects you as a mm-hmm. listener it, yeah. he he trusts you to just take to just sit back and let him take you on this journey and uh that's kind of, that's the kind of stuff that i really like and some of these songs on this ost are very proggy so it's like it's I'm, very I'm really proggy. oh yeah they definitely are which in preparation for this i was listening you know back to it and Kind of like the Final Fantasy eight one that we did. Was it eight we did? Yeah. Yeah. Like this one was just easy listening. Like <laughs> I could put this on and do anything. Yeah, I listened to it at work multiple times throughout last week. That's what I was I was gonna say I right at the top, I didn't want to sound negative though. I, I listened to it at work and I went all the way through the soundtrack. And it just sounded like one big song. Like I just, I didn't realize that I had listened that two hours had passed, and I was like, "Shit, dude, that didn't help me at all." Like I had to listen <laughs> to this again when I get home. Yeah, this is cohesive. Try to figure this out. Do you not no, when, uh, when odd ones out? Yeah, when you're working, Nave, do you not like if you don't necessarily notice like a track change? Do you not like look at your phone to see, oh, this is the song, or oh, this is the song at this point? Do you normally just put your earbuds in and just fucking plow through work? Is that your style? Yeah, because the problem with being a mailman is your hands are very busy and like your your mind is like on many things. And at the same time, I'm trying to like like actively keep track of what the music is doing when in my yeah. mind while also I'm like one two three four Main Street one two three four Main Street like packages for that street. I'm like doing a whole bunch of things. Yeah. So uh, uh, if there's no noticeable changes, then sometimes they just right into each other, which right. is probably why I like listening to albums straight through all the time. Anyways, yeah. Which this might be a pretty good time to bring it up since Nick actually appreciates this kind of thing. But I actually keep a spreadsheet to help me identify the (laughs) the songs. No way. You are are so organized, Philip. It blows my mind. You you are just that. I I wish I could marry you. That way you could help organize my life. But unfortunately, North Carolina, Oklahoma is just too far apart. It just won't work. It It just won't work. So if you want to. I just linked my old spreadsheet in there if you want to take a look. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. I'm pulling it up now. In the meantime, uh, since that was Philip's uh, most notorious song, um, we'll talk about mine because we're not going to listen to it right now. Uh, we'll save that for the end. But uh, my most notorious, or not notorious song, I'm sorry, the song that I would show off is The Unseen Ones. And um, 
uh, Nick uh, brings this up a little bit further down the list, so it might be a little bit better to play it back there so that we both can talk about it. But you see that spreadsheet I linked? I did. I did. I see. It, it's like it's like it looks like a like it's a, a tournament bracket. Fantastic Four bracket. Yeah, that's what it looks. Or I said Fantastic Four. This is how you know I'm not a basketball fan. It looks like a March Madness bracket. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, the, it's the thing in the f- flammable man bracket. The <laughs> ones that I really liked did not make it this far on your list. Yeah. Interesting. Some of them took some hits. That's fine. Which, I don't know, like your listeners know, I literally like listen to one song all the way through and then I'll listen to the other one all the way through and I'll bash them Pokemon style against each other to see who's the best. <laughs> Very scientific. Yeah. It's the only way I can do it. Otherwise, they all blend together for me. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. talking about nine minute song, what song would you like to show off, Nick? The song that I wanted to show off is, I think, probably one of the most well-represented songs in the game in terms of like what this game is all about. Um, the game is called Hades, and as listeners who may or may not know about this game, you play the main character, Zagreus, who is the son of Hades, and of course this is not based on actual Greek mythology, but everything is set in that Greek mythological framework that structure and so they borrow a lot while they make their own story the god of the dead is in fact hades and so the this is spoilers but as you build up and as you go throughout this game essentially you fight four boss battles and the last boss battle that you fight is your dad hades and the soundtrack that plays during this this fight that you have with him is god of the dead and it is one of the most interesting songs both um, from a structural standpoint as well as just a thematic standpoint because it hit hits hard on every level and kind of like nave was saying with other songs in this it it follows that same formula that darren has in a lot of the earlier tracks where it does have a like a very a slower rhythm a very methodical um kind of like a like a ambulating rhythm at first but it's heavy metal like it's heavy metal at first and you know it's like serious and it is go time because out of all the bosses, of course, Hades is going to be the hardest boss that you're going to fight in this game. Um, and then there's probably maybe the five-minute mark or four-minute mark when it really kicks in because something happens during that fight. I'm not going to ruin that for anybody who might go on to play this game later, but then you get double time. And that's where it starts getting into some of those prog, like uh, poly, like synchronous rhythms and stuff, and the drums start going off, and he goes off on the drums. I'm assuming that Darren does all of the instrumentation yeah, for the soundtrack. Think- I think he does. I think I, I or I could be wrong. Maybe he does some of it and maybe he like brings in friends to do other parts of it, but I tried looking a little bit deeper into the credits for it, but I couldn't tell if he had different people that were coming in and, and playing through it. But something that I, I just I immediately if somebody asked me what song should I listen to first from this soundtrack, I would be like, just go to the God of the Dead. And that will tell you almost everything you need to know about the soundtrack if you like this genre. So yeah. I was about to say I think I think the drums are synthetic and I while I was googling around looking for it I'm on his Wikipedia page and it says Corb describes the genre of Hades soundtrack as Mediterranean prog yeah, rock Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, Mediterranean <laughs> Halloween prog rock. Yeah, exactly. That's yep. good. All right, so let's take a listen to God of the Dead. This is the same theme uh, from a lot of the earlier songs. That was a pretty sick rest. Yeah. 
this is it right here. Yeah, that crash. Yeah. There's something about quarter note crash that is just <laughs> fucking. It just hits crunchy. right, right in your solar plexus. Uh, you want to try and take a jump to about five minutes in and see how we're doing? Yes. Let's go ahead and do that. Yep. That's the sound of fast forwarding for people who've never been on a VHS. Yeah. Yes. In that double bass pedal. This is the moment in the fight where you're suffering. You are suffering at the hands of your dad. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like the riff from E1M1 from OG Doom. I can hear that. Yeah, I love I love that uh, that breakdown. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, he does that multiple times too. And, and something that I, I you know, you, you said it earlier, he characterizes as Mediterranean prog rock. Something that I really wanted to call out specifically is one of the one of the things that I love is how much respect he does pay to like the actual Grecian instruments that he uses in the soundtrack. Uh, specifically, it's the Bagalama and the Bozuki. Zundai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the Bagalama, it's one of those long neck like guitars. If you watched any of those old school um like renditions i i don't there's like old like uh, documentaries not documentaries but like dramatizations of like the roman empire and stuff and usually they'll throw in stuff like that they'll have a person in in the corner playing some instrument and that's the the bog llama and it gives you that very specific mediterranean sound is that the thing that they the beatles played in rubber soul i don't think so no, I think he plays like a was it sitar or something? Yeah, he he they learned to play the sitar because they were going through their uh, meditation phase and they had their their spiritual guide. Yeah, um, when they got fucking tight. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, that, that there was really a part cool. the the that's that was that, that sounded exactly. I was like, what the fuck riff was, was that? Like that just it was uh on the backs of angels by Dream Theater. At like like in the first transition, that's the first transition to the point where the vocalist kicks in. They do a ch -ch 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 just like that. I think I can't remember now because it's been like more than a minute ago. But there's a lot of there's a lot of good influence coming into this uh, into this album. Oh yeah, and I'm really like I'm really digging yeah. it. Yeah, I can definitely tell that he is borrowing from some of the other like classical composers. I even hear like the way that he does some of his breakdowns. I hear some like Martin O'Donnell influences as well when he starts getting into more of the like the slower heavy metal riffs and stuff too. Uh, it's, it's it's some of my favorite parts of multiple songs. Well, let's take it down a notch with our notables. So notables, this isn't exactly the one you show off, but when you listen to it, it, it might have special meaning to you or just take note whenever you hear it and the one i went with is the final expense which do you guys know where the song plays in the game uh that's when you go back to the house of hades and yeah. your perch or like you go and you go talk to the merchant uh specifically i think it's just all over the house of hades but it like just reminds me of the merchant because you're always like shelling out what you can't afford to go pay for something in that game 
Yeah. The merchants that always what do you buy and that's him, right? Yes, that's correct, Nate. That's it. Yeah. Yep. The song also plays in the House of Hades, which is where you go when you die. So every yep. time you after going from the God of the Dead, when you are rocking out, fighting for your life, because whenever I was playing it, I fought Hades so many times. Really? Like, before you him beat like him twice. Because surprise, the game doesn't end when you beat him. Yep. So every time I go and I'd fight him and I die, and then you just come back and then you hear this. You say hi to dad. Oh, no. Dog. Before you say hi to dad, you say hi to that fucking prick who always negs you every single time you're dead. He's like, oh, look at that stupid motherfucker. Oh, yeah. he, I can't remember his name. Do you? What was his name? I don't know. Was he a jester or something? He was like, he was, an, he was another god. He was like a lower god or something that was just hanging out. He was the god of dreams specifically. Oh, but Morpheus. He, he, Morpheus, maybe? Yeah. Possibly. But yeah, he's always like, <laughs> I can't believe you died to Meg again. <laughs> he always said stuff like that. That's the thing about this song is I associate it directly with failure. So <laughs> I'm not happy when I'm listening to this. Philip, can I make a very, very selfish personal request and have yeah, you it? immediately play the final expense payback mix right after this? Yeah, we can listen. This is a uh, remix version. We're not, we're not, oh, it's so I, good. I put it nearby because I thought this might come up. There it is. The payback mix. Yep. Ah, oh, I love it so much. This is very Lost Highway, uh, Trent Reznor. What's his band? Nine Inch Nails? With the drums? Really? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, it continues along the same thing. I just think that, like, those drums in the background, like him implementing, like, like that, like, subtle, like, Atlanta trap or, like, Chicago drill beat in the background of this, like, very interesting kind of, like, upbeat, vibey Mediterranean song. It's very anachronistic, but it just, it resonated with me a lot while I was listening through the soundtrack. It, Trent, resonated with you. Yep, correct. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's a good one, the Nave. final expense, both of them. Now, we'll start with you, Nave, because you guys actually picked the same song. But Nave, why is this song notable to you? Um, this was the first song that really kind of perked my ears up whenever I was listening at work the first time. This is the only song that I was like, okay, this is going to be on my list somewhere, I think. And uh, so the song is Out of Tartarus. And um, the, the, the thing that uh, stuck out to me the most is I couldn't find one at first. I was like, what is the fucking time signature of this song? Because yeah. it is not 4-4, four, four, and not. it's something 8. And I'm like, I, I was having a lot of trouble figuring out. I'm like, I really hope this isn't in something 16th, because that, I'm not going to be able to figure out what the time signature is at that point. 
because the, i'm not the, that talented but yeah like he, he probably recorded it in three six or some stupid shit like that just to throw people like you off nave i definitely know the time signature changes because it goes to it goes yep. to uh eight four at some point but mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure the whole uh, the majority of the song is in eleven eight. but i'm not sure because i i miscount every now and then and i'm not sure if that's just a human error or if that's some or if something really tricky is going on like i'm not sure uh nick also picked this song so what did you why do you find this song notable yeah definitely for a lot of the similar reasons that you did nave um it was like very much i think there are three main um acts of this song which is a little bit atypical for a lot of the um you know songs especially because this is at the very beginning but also because this is um it kind of comes to you at the very beginning of the game when you first start out and you're you're working your way up to fight the first boss, uh, Megara. Is, is it Megara? Megara? I'm not sure. One of those. Pronouncing it. One of those two. The Furies. Um, yeah, and I hope I'm, I hope I'm not incorrect in saying this is essentially like the first level of the game, which is iconic for me because I'm not great at video games and I died a bunch on this first level before I kind of got the main structure along. Will helped me a lot in terms of conceptualizing what I'm supposed to do. And the funny thing about playing this game is like, instead of speeding up, you kind of have to slow down, which also matches the the soundtrack and kind of the 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 mentality that I think Darren Corp approached the the composition of the soundtrack is because you in in order to actually be successful and not get hit a bunch and not lose a bunch of your health as you go throughout these various levels, you do kind of have to stand around and be okay staying in one place until it's the right moment to strike, especially depending on what weapon you're choosing to go through the game with. Um, and so, but also it was just like, I think this is also one of the best songs that represent everything else that he kind of tries out in various ways throughout the soundtrack as well. So it's kind of everything that you're going to get in the Hades OST compressed into one track. Yep. Take a listen out of Tartarus. So the drum beat comes in there to kind of stabilize that time signature and lock it down, right? Yep. See, it's moments like that. Now I'm unsure. I think I miscounted that 11. So the internet is telling me that it's a phrase of 13 and 8 and then a phrase of 14 and 8, so 27 over 8 overall. Um, so he like alternates between the measures as he's going through it. That makes sense. Because like Which I probably said, probably is causing you to miscount. I I was counting. It was like okay, I can get eleven out of like two of these phrases, and then the third phrase, it's definitely not eleven eight. This is when it goes to eight four again. Yep. Also, something that I wanted to mention is that his use of the djembe as the percussion in a lot of these tracks when it's in the stripped down portions is one of my favorite things because you know as a drummer myself i i love playing the djembe especially when we were trying to do acoustic like recordings and see things like that and it, he it, the way that he's actually playing it i just i can't help but respect it so much because it sounds 
so good and so like high quality, but also it's like, it's perfect to use alongside those ancient Grecian instruments because that's what probably you would, that's similar to what you would hear back then if you were in, you know, a, a lounging hall, laying down, eating grapes or something like that, whatever yeah. the Greeks did, that's you know? Now, Philip, I don't know how close we are to like three minutes, but could we jump to that? Wanna jump to three minutes? Yeah, yeah, that's when it takes the the fucking loop de loop kickflip into metal territory. <laughs> yeah, loop de loop time. Yes, yes. So, dear listeners, home, that is like every song that's like a main level song always starts out so light and tame, mm-hmm. then it erupts in the metal near the end. By the time you get to the boss fight, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah and, and also, I think, I don't know if they use the same techniques that uh, that Mick Gordon used when he composed the score for both Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, but Doom 2016 and Eternal are, if it, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if the correct like terminology for this but it tracks you as you go through the level and it will like notice where you are what you're doing at certain moments and it's not the same way as like a uh, metal hell singer where it's like if you're doing good you get the vocals but there are certain moments where like the music will kick in based on where you are at in that map um and i think they do the same thing here in hades well i i'm not i'm not quite sure about that because the doom eternal thing is like a a miracle the way that it works it's a it's like a it's sampling a ton of different things so it looks like a fucking butterfly effect like uh choice and consequence thing whenever you look at the there's a really cool youtube video that mick gordon uploaded i'm pretty sure it was on his personal channel that he where he's talking about it and showing off the program and stuff and it's it's miraculous it is like always changing the songs that you hear in the doom eternal game are like nothing like the songs that are on the actual ost those ost there's no ost for doom eternal though he never he was never allowed to make it well, I think there is one, but he's he just didn't produce it. I because I think really? that was a big problem. Yeah, I that think, was that I think was one of the reasons of their of their whole falling out. Sorry, we're yeah. getting off track, but <laughs> are you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's why because I read that whole thing um, just recently. And for folks who keep up with Doom or are interested in Mick Gordon, he's one of my favorite like video game composers in general. He did the score for 2016 Doom and Doom Eternal, but um, he. Apparently, like he had a lot of issues doing the 2016 album, both the score and the soundtrack. And then apparently Marty, what's his face, who's the head of um, id software, kind of like completely ruined his life and tried to drag his name through the mud over like, you know, disputes during Doom Eternal. And I think that there was an in-house Bethesda um music director or like assistant music director that ended up having to like splice together a lot of work to finalize some of the doom 2016 stuff but i'm i'm pretty sure i read there that like because they're still in like legal disputes or like they're in like a legal battle right now that you i I thought you couldn't find a doom eternal ost oh yeah maybe not to purchase but i mean i think the ost's on youtube oh is it okay got it at least there are some songs. Somebody know, like stripped it from like the sound like that. Yeah, game. I think that's probably that might be what happened then. Yeah, 
Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about Mick Gordon later, too. Yeah, yeah. A, a song that's coming up. Definitely. Which, Nick, this is your category, the guest category. And would you yes. like to explain to our dear listeners at home what the prompt was that you gave us? Absolutely. So for every Listening Together episode, uh, the guest gets to choose the prompt, is my understanding. And that this time around, uh, I kind of collaborate. This was a collaborative effort because I kind of wasn't 100% sure where to lean. But Philip did a fantastic recommendation and we all kind of decided upon going with a prompt. Songs that remind you of your parents, <laughs> which can go oh, in multiple directions, multiple directions. But this game... Hades is all about family. It's all about, you know, Zagreus's relationship with Hades and it's all about like actually his relationship with his his aunts and uncles that are up on Olympus and everything that goes on. Like there's several times where you go throughout the different levels in the map and sometimes like the Olympian gods fight amongst themselves to give you favors and if you choose one or the other, you kind of get screwed over by somebody who was previously helping you in just a room before. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really interesting prompt because there's a lot in the soundtrack, um, and a lot that goes into it, but, uh, do we want to go ahead and do mine first or would you guys like to share, share the songs that you chose? How about you give us yours? Okay. So something that I chose for this, uh, and, and, you know, obviously I think I have really good, you know, a good relationship with my parents now. Um, and I think that for this game, there's a lot of really, really good, good tracks. And there, there are some more like gentle, like laid back tracks that I could have chosen. However, um, I chose the King and the Bull, which is something that you've uh, encountered when you fight the third boss in this game, uh, which is going to be, I think it's, it's Prince. It's not Theseus, right? Is it Theseus that you fight and Astorius? Um, Theseus. The- yes. But I don't know the other guy's name. I just yes. remember a lot of yeses. Yeah, Astorius is the bull, uh, famously the Minotaur that is found in the labyrinth. And I think he's involved in the Jason and the Argonauts kind of side quest story for, you know, Greek mythos. Um, but yeah, so you, you, the, the King and the bull is, uh, the third boss that you fight. And I believe that this is the track that plays during the fight. And it's really interesting track because yes, it is heavy, but there's also like the very beginning of the track is kind of gentle. And it's, and it's weird because Theseus, as you're fighting him, he's kind of like giving you motivational, like one-liners. Like he's like, I know that you're a good fighter, but I will end you. Like he, he's like, he's this weird person that you kind of don't want to fight but you have to and he's also kind of uh, he's he's a probably megalomaniac for the most part but uh but yeah you're fighting him and this is a a big ornstein and smoke uh situation but yeah i i like it and it reminds me of my parents because my mom first of all loves greek mythology and she was the one that first taught me a lot about greek mythology she's like the one that gave me obviously homer's the odyssey to read through for the very first time when i was a kid um, and then I, you know, found my way to some of the other, you know, Greek mythology like texts that you can find out there today. Um, and I think she would just love the idea that the son of Hades is going to go into an arena in the underworld and fight like the prince of Athens or the king of Athens, as well as like the Minotaur. And they're somehow friends. I just think that she would it would be like one of those like deep gaming nerding moments, but for Greek mythology. And I think that's one of the reasons why she would like it. And simply put, just because of my dad, my dad is like the quintessential definition of a guy whose music taste began and ended 
between 1972 and like 1985 and so he fucking loves those like heavy metal like hair bands out there like all of your you know acdc boston bad company all of those like really good classically like high rock songs and i think this gives me a lot of impressions like that so yeah that's why i chose king and the bull i almost chose king and the bull too because that's my nickname for my parents actually really no i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) okay thanks name thanks that's such an interesting tempo shift yeah immediately out that synth yeah it it repeats multiple times and this is where you get those spooky like halloween uh vibes uh, as you go throughout the game yeah there's a lot of synth in the doom eternal soundtrack as well really yeah yeah uh especially in doom 2016 i'm not sure about eternal yeah all right this is another eight minute long song do you want to try jumping i would i would say go yeah to five or six Mm -hmm. all right we'll, we'll try for six Yep. Get the finale. Eventually. And much like my Ornstein and Smoke battle, I always, always, always kill Astorius first, and then I kill Theseus after him. Because, uh, yes, because Theseus, I feel like, is much less aggro. And he, I just Ooh, don't like uh, him getting... And Astorius like gets in your face as you're fighting him, but yeah. This part fucking fucks, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Yes. Yeah, he double times it. Oh, so good. That bass guitar is pretty chuggy too. Yeah. He's just fucking wailing on the crash. Do you think Nate? What? Like, obviously, maybe we'll. I'm. I don't know if it's like written down or if, or if Darren Corb has ever said it anywhere. But do you do you really think that he recorded all of, all of those drums on a music pad, or do you think he actually played a set for that? For well, the game? that was really interesting because just then I was confused because it sounded like he was hitting the crash and the snare and the bell of a cymbal at the same time. Mm, yeah. So would you play that part again, just like like five seconds before, Wanna and listen that? to the? So it's the it's the crash, the psh, psh, and the ting 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 ting, and then but there's also a snare coming. So I'm tr- I was trying to distinguish where his hands are at that at each moment because i'm pretty sure he's hitting the bell of something with his left hand but i'm not sure and that snare yeah so that's definitely he's got three hands three unless unless i'm really just trying i'm confused about where his hands are at at each moment 
because there is the cons there is the on the downbeat a crash and then the tink 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 and then the ta 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 so that's uh that's an interesting i mean he could be doing the he could be doing the uh def leopard thing you know how the def leopard guy has one arm so he uses a foot pedal to hit the snare i had no idea that was a thing <laughs> it's really cool actually <laughs> the def really leopard cool. guy uh yeah has a snare foot pedal anyways i'm not sure but it, it is definitely really cool you know one thing about that song and just so many of these songs as we're listening here recording this i just want to let them play and just listen to them it's so hard to just be like all right now we stop no i'm like no man i'm pretty sure it picks up even more after this you know <laughs> i just want to let it let it go for another 30 seconds like man we're really letting this one go and then i'm like i think it's almost done and then it just breaks down even more and they break out you know more drums Man, I wish I saved. I wish I saved the fucking thing where I where I thought I read the about the drums, but I fucking have no idea. I have no idea where I saw that at. All right, maybe you ready for the next one? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. So, for the which choice was it? Uh, the songs you show off, Nave. You chose the unseen ones, which is the song I chose. That reminds me of my parents. So how about you let us know why you chose it to show off first off? I don't remember. This was the you know, first song I picked for the list. I because I knew that this there's songs songs to do for your parents, and I was like, this one is probably that. So I'm just gonna go ahead and lock that in right now. Yeah, that kind of sucks because <laughs> I know this was like the first one to pick. As soon as we got the prompt, reminds you of your parents. Whenever this one came up, for some reason I'm like, this is the one. But now it's been like multiple days and i forgot why i locked this one in so early so oh wait so together. we're talking the about the unseen ones yeah i thought we were talking about my choice for okay so no the unseen ones is the heaviest track on the whole ost and it is heavy right out of the gate oh that's why then i remember why i picked it yeah it is noticeably frantic and chaotic <laughs> and so i was like oh, okay this is good this is good stuff yeah this is one you want to show off the reason i picked it as in reminding me of my parents was I remember being 16, 17 years old, and this is before we had actual aux cords to plug into our little iPod shuffles and stuff like that into the car. And so I'd be riding with my mom or my dad, and I would break out my CD of just anything I had at the time that was usually metal, like System of a Down or even old Ozzy Osbourne type stuff. And I'd be like, Mama, can we listen to my music today? And she'd be like, sure, baby. <laughs> And it was as we listened there to uh I don't know system of system of a down or anything like that. Just like, Thanks, indestructible Mama. I mean, like, man, this is extreme. It's some of <laughs> Dude, I, I remember we were we we would listen to uh Down with the Sickness and your mom would just make fun of us because of how funny <laughs> the fucking song was. Yeah. Oh no, and I would just be sad. My mom was so cool though, because like the hardest she went was like Aerosmith. You know? Yeah. And so but then were you there too when she drove us to the Disturbed concert? Yes, I was. I was, <laughs> I was in the back seat. Oh, yeah, you were there too, Nick? <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, we lived in Oklahoma in, in 2020, uh, 2029 through 2011. Mm -hmm. the, so that was the one with uh, uh, Avenged Sevenfold too, right? I think so. Yeah, then I was, yeah, I was there. That was my first concert. And she went with us and <laughs> also rocked out with us. <laughs> Right, so let's listen to. I can't even imagine your mom being one. there. If I can find it, it's unseen. Oh, found it.
doesn't sound like a boost sample. It kind of does. It has a very power metal like feel to it. Like an Ingu uh, Ingui Malmsteen, is that is how you pronounce the name? sounds like something you'd hear on a Sonic game. There's that same part. That part I was talking about with the Dream Theater song. God, it's so it's so technical. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And looking this up, uh, this one's featuring Masahiro Akai and Daisuke Kurosawa. And I'm like, mm -hmm. who are these guys? Who are they? And yeah. who are they? Tell me who they are. And I don't know. Turns out they are ex Capcom sound composers. I bet they are. Of yeah. course they are. That's kind of uh, interesting. Let's see. The Capcom sound team, I feel like, has like a very esteemed legacy of composers that are just chilling right there. If you graduate from the Capcom sound team, you just, you make friends in the industry. I feel like. Did these guys work on devil may cry? No, they did did Mega man, uh, monster hunter, Sengoku, Basora, samurai heroes and in street fighter five lead composer. Mm. I so, did find the, I found the article. And oh, so I think I'm wrong. No, where the about the drums. Oh, okay. I found it like as soon as the song started. Um, the drums real? It says so what I read is uh it's all there, the industrial electric drums. So that doesn't really mm. imply that they're really cleared up. It doesn't imply that it's a, a a drum program. So I think it might be I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Because electric drums exist. That's a real thing. Yep. They do. All right, Nave. What is the song that reminds you of, of your parents? the painful way <laughs> <laughs> why why would you choose that for your parents nave i don't know i uh i don't remember what this song even sounds this was a song where i heard about a two song. minutes of it and i was like this is the parents one i think and then i stopped listening to it and went on to because <laughs> the the show off and notable ones i had like a good four or five songs i had to fight to the death with all right let's take a listen Yeah, I love this song. This this almost made my list. This also reminds me of like some of the Prince of Persia sound uh, from like the Warrior Within or Two Thrones. 
I really like the bass. The bass harmonizes really well with the with the chord progression here. Almost sounds like a Kingdom Hearts level. I was thinking uh, Shantae Half Genie Hero, which I've been playing recently. Uh, could we get a Could we get a halfway skip through that one? Because yeah, like, you want that, one gets, skip? That, that one gets pretty good too. Yeah. yeah. Right. That riff, to... that acoustic riff, sounds really good on electric. Three minutes thirty seconds. This genuinely sounds like something between the buried and you would write. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is, this sounds like a breakdown in, at like the maybe the ten minute mark in their fourteen minute songs. <laughs> I think off of Autom uh, Automata One or Automata Two, there's a song that opens up with a similar riff to this. It's good stuff. Yeah. So many of these songs are so crispy. Yeah. They're very crispy. I'd like to make an honorable mention to to the, the more vocalized tracks. Obviously, we listened to In the Blood earlier, um, but the Good Riddance Airy Dice solo and um, I think Orth the Lament of Orpheus has vocals from uh, Darren Corb and Ashley Barnett, respectively. And they're really, really well done. There is a moment in the game where you make it to a certain point and i i'm relatively sure it's in between when you fight the hydra the bone hydra and you get to astorius and theseus um but if you go through a certain room in a specific way and it might be a little bit of rng most of the rooms are just procedural um but you'll come across erudice which i think is one of the fates i'm not a, i don't i don't know i just don't know for sure but she's down there and she can give zagreus a buff but when you enter she's like singing a song and she has like this room all to herself and she has a bunch of these like like food and like grapes and like cheeses and stuff and just this like huge bed in there and it's just it's really really it's like soothing and relaxing and it's exactly what you need before you go into that third boss fight as like a midpoint like rest period in the event that you didn't hit like a fountain so i really like those i know nave actually picked good riddance as our outro track nave which one did you have in mind the uh the duo between uh old darren and ashley or just the solo uh darren and ashley duo for sure yeah which we'll play that on the way out. But before we get there, once again, I want to thank Nick from the Friday Night Gamecast. How about you tell us a little bit about Friday Night Gamecast in case our dear listeners at home haven't checked you out yet. Well, if you haven't listened to me yet, first of all, fuck you. No, yeah, I'm get him, get him. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, uh, I, I've been on the show with the guys multiple times, and I genuinely love working with Nave and Philip every single time. The, the, the gaming, they're not the gaming duo because that's uh, Kelvin that's and Rob, group. but the, yeah. the gaming together boys, the co-op boys, as I like to refer to them in my mind, the best boyos, um, if uh, as Skelly would call them. And I, I just, I love coming on here in the show and, and working with you guys because a lot of what Will and I do, we don't game together as frequently as both uh, Philip and Nave do. 
but Will and I are very like cooperative in terms of our collaborative effort with the Friday Night Gamecast. We talk about everything in gaming, whether it's news, industry, rumors, all of that, new releases. We do game reviews, impressions. We do like listicle breakdowns and that sort of thing. So we love we love getting in there and getting our hands dirty. Um, and so like we're really fun. If you just like a nice, positive, upbeat podcast that focuses on games in the gaming industry, come check us out. We're the Friday Night Gamecast everywhere. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are Friday Night Gamers, and that's N-I-T-E-G-A-M-R-Z. Links below. Wouldn't it be wild if this recording didn't record? I don't know why, but I just had like an, a little panic attack about that. <laughs> I see it kicking down. I see it, I see it yeah. counting down. Well, so I, saw the, I saw the check marks next to our names, and I'm like, what is? wait a minute. Wait what a is minute. that? <laughs> All right, okay. we thank the guest. We have one tiny bit where we just have to have our final feelings on this tracks. Set of tracks Nate, what album. did you buy? No, I'm kidding. What did you buy? That's the wrong show. Wrong show. <laughs> so I'll take this first one. This is a fantastic album. I'm going to probably continuously just like I have it in a certain playlist just in my iTunes. And I'm probably going to keep that playlist just so I can hit it and just hit shuffle and see what comes out. This is just a solid vibe and music. Yeah, absolutely. Who wants next? Indeed. Uh I think the I think it's really easy to listen to and also the build-ups. If you if you have a moment to just kind of sit back and, and and enjoy something. Maybe you're playing a board game with a bunch of friends or something like that. This is very unintrusive, but then suddenly gets really killer, like really fast for people who are into uh, the uh, metal scene a little bit, like uh, uh, with with no vocals, which is usually the turnoff for metal uh, haters. And so I think that this is, re- and it's very, it's very experimental with the sounds as well. Uh, and the cohesion with the entirety of the album uh, is all there. So there, it, there is a common like motif going throughout the uh, entirety of this thing, especially once you hit these midpoints with the uh, the vocalist. I can't remember her name, but uh, whenever she's in some of these songs, um, it does break apart the album into digestible chunks, which I think is important whenever you are listening to a mostly instrumental uh piece like this yeah yeah i yeah so i i love this soundtrack as a whole as we've said throughout the show it is like one cohesive piece i think it it is it you know it it hits all of the different moments and obviously it has all the different things that you know and love if you have played the hades game but i also think for you know casual listeners (laughs) casual gamers out there what it whichever you may be um, I think that this is a, a must listen in my book in terms, especially if you enjoy video game music and the legacy of video game music, because Darren does borrow a lot from, you know, other more established composers and other games as he constructed this album. And I think that also it's just, it's iconic in its own right. I mean, I, again, I'll reiterate the point that I made earlier. I think it's one of the reasons, one of the predominant reasons why this game won game of the year, just because the sound track and the score is so identifiable and iconic for what you were trying to do. He nailed it on the head in all fronts, Mediterranean, spooky, Halloween, prog rock. Like that's, that's exactly what this is. And if any of those words, you know, check your boxes, you need to go and you listen to this album and, and go check it out. And if you haven't played Hades, go in and play Hades. I understand that people get scared when they say roguelites, but remember the point is to die. So don't let that frustrate you and just kind of go along for the ride and you'll get better. And you can also put on God mode, which makes it much easier. So that's another strong recommendation for me. Yeah. All right. 
And with that, we're going to listen to the co-op version of Good Riddance as we say goodbye. Goodbye, dear listeners. See ya. Good riddance. them testing testing you sound good to me okay is that to me or to him or to both of us both well then use plural philip don't just say you <laughs> all right i'll use the they yuns yuns he's from yeah he's from oklahoma he says you can yuns. use you for multiple people when oh, you refer to our group. doc is our doc is white it is because <laughs> i was like i can't have the doc here because you can't see my face and then i realized oh well, look at that. He said it was it was page setup, and then oh, page by the way, color black. It finally happened, Philip. <laughs> oh, what have you done? <laughs> Hold what on, I can done? fix this. I can fix this. Hold on. Boom. I was hoping you'd do like a Hades red or something like that. Oh God, that would that would give me a headache. So hard to read. That would give me a headache for sure. But it finally happened, Philip. What? Uh, I was at work. I wore this. I wore my Vincent shirt today from Catherine. And it says rave with the heart. Are we recording? Are we live? But um, yeah, we're live. uh one of my co one of my coworkers walked up to me and said, you know, when I first saw your shirt, I thought it said rape. And I was like, <laughs> you know, what the fuck? Why I would I wear like, oh, I a shirt Catherine. like that to work? 